I think it's a little bit funny that Grant asked the newest mom to talk here today. I'm bringing all my wisdom, all my years of it. Just kidding. I only have seven months of it, but that's okay. I'm here in all my glory. Um, okay, so kids, thank you so much for your help. This is a great list. I love hearing unfiltered responses from kids. It's awesome, and you get things like sweaty. I never would have put that on the list, um, but kids do, and it's great. It's my favorite. And parents maybe don't want your kids to say this, but you know what? You get unfiltered versions. This is great. I love it. It's authentic. Um, we're going to take a really quick look at uh, three things that show us that although we often refer to God as Father, um, there's many characteristics of God that are actually quite mothering. Um, and so we're going to take a uh, look at that. I find this really, really empowering. A lot of times I found it challenging to actually, um, in, in some ways, like relate to God because it's always God as Father. And so then, hey guys, hey guys, shh, you have to listen up, okay? Otherwise, we can't get to the next fun thing, which is really fun. Uh, but I find this really empowering to look at characteristics of God that are very um, like female in nature, and I can be encouraged by that. And so I hope that you guys are encouraged by that as well. Um, like Gail said this morning too, if your relationship with your earthly mother is challenging or your own journey as a mother has been painful, um, I'm so sorry. This is a, a, a lot of, there's a lot of emotion for today, um, but know that God is is present for us in so much of our journeys, um, the hard stuff and the good stuff and everything in between. And um, we as humans make mistakes and we can look to God as our comforter, but also as our, um, as our model of what to look up to and how to um, be loved well. The first thing I want to point out is that God created us, men and women, in his own image. Genesis 1.27 says, God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. So right away, this shows us that God, in his very nature, has female and mothering characteristics, um, which is really cool. Um, we've got a nephew who is adopted from South Africa, and he does not look like his parents. So right off the bat, you'd kind of think like, oh, the resemblance isn't really there. But if you spend like 10 minutes with him, he is like through and through his parents, which is really cool. And I think that that's a neat way that we also can like look like God. So there's characteristics of God that are both male and female, and we can find ourselves in those, which is really cool. We're all made in the image of God. Second, God is um, a comforter. In Isaiah 66, 13, God says he will comfort his people like a mother comforts her child or children. Um, and this is something that we see in our lives right now in the everyday. We are, I'm surprised that I didn't make it on the list. Who gives better hugs, mom or dad? dad. Oh, dad. Okay. Well, truth just came out there. <laughs> um, well, in our house, um, I give better hugs to Addie because I am her mom. And Grant loves her and plays with her and thinks that she's great. Um, but there's something different about a mother's comfort. And no matter how hard anybody tries, I'm the only mom for Addie, which is really cool, a little overwhelming. Um, but that's the picture that God gives us for him as comfort to who we can look to him for. Um, that he comforts his children like mother comforts her child. Um, and finally, um, God delights in his children. Psalm 139, 17 to 18 says, How precious are your thoughts about me, O God. They cannot be numbered. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of sand. 
which is like such a massive number. I'm not even sure what number that is. Um, but ask any mother who, maybe even if they've had a hard day, ask them what they are excited about and how their child has accomplished something in life. Um, and you just see them light up. Whether it's learning to roll over or learning to count or learning how to ride their bike or graduating high school or college, a mother delights in her children. Um, and that is actually how God delights in us. He gets this, like, excitement about him. And he gets really pumped that you guys do cool things and you learn new stuff. And we as humans get to be delighted in. And I think that's um, just a really beautiful picture of who God is. Again, we often refer to God as Father. And I hope that... Um, just these few characteristics, there's so many more that we can look at and see God as mother as well. Um, and you can be encouraged that not only the women here around you, but the women in your life get those characteristics from God, which is really quite amazing um, that they come from God, our mother. So, yeah, I hope that's encouraging to you. Happy Mother's Day. Oh, you have a mic already. <laughs> Thanks, Leslie. Yeah. Thank you for listening, guys. Kids, great. I have something. So we don't have a special lesson for you downstairs this morning, but we do have a really great craft activity that you can do here during the message, or you can head out to the lobby. So here's the thing what you can do. You might need some help getting this stuff, but at the very back of the sanctuary, you guys can go and get these things right now. There's these little tins. They have kits that make a really cool card. There's some instructions. There's stickers. It has everything you need. You can head out into the lobby. There will be some people who can help you out there too if you want to do that. But right now you can head out. You can grab those activities for uh, during the message here. And I want to invite up our speaker today, Marie from Advocate Ministries. Take that. Yeah. Good morning. Yeah, good morning. So thank you so much for being here. Uh, actually, I forgot to check if you're packed. Am I on? You oh, are I'm on. on. Excellent. I'm good to go. So thank you so much for being here this morning. Uh, we reached out a little bit, uh, a little while ago because uh, we're actually starting, you know, and I'll spoil a tiny bit, but we're starting a fundraiser uh, for this organization. But I thought, you know what, I'd love to hear more about what's going on with Advocate and just some of the heart of how we can have a Christ-like response to our world around us, uh, to mothers, to young mothers, to expecting mothers. So we're excited this morning to have a message from Marie. Uh, can I pray for you? Yes, please. Yeah, absolutely. So God, thank you so much for this morning. Uh, God, the, our world is so messy and complex, and there is... There is it's so mixed emotions with stuff like Mother's Day, but the same way we also want to just celebrate that side of you that you have empowered us, God, that you have this, for whatever reason, you've created us to have this dynamic, God, that to have life in the world requires two people in some form or fashion. And whether that even just stays true, God, that we uh, generationally, we impact uh, people. And God, that mothering characteristic that we can just pour into kids uh, is so precious, powerful, and unique. And often we mess it up and we don't have a clue what we're doing, God. So we need your help. We need your guidance. And we love that you give us the model for uh, mothering as well as fathering in this life. So God, I just pray that you uh, bless this time. Bless Marie as she brings us a message about advocate and about how we can just be followers of Jesus in this world on a day like today, Mother's Day. So God, we pray all of these things in your name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Grant. Good morning, Cedar Valley. Uh, thank you for having me here today. Um, I recognize some familiar faces, which is kind of nice. Um, I've been a part of the mission community now for just over nine years. My kids go to Valley Christian School. So I'm a mother to four children. Um, my youngest is seven, my oldest is 13, so 
I'm in the really interesting stage of parenting, and I, I love it. I look back at babies, though, and I think, oh, I want one of those babies again. But then I look back at babies, and I'm like, no, no, I did it. I'm good. I'm happy to move on. I'm happy to be served my coffee in the morning by my 13-year-old. Um, Grant invited us here to speak on Advocate because what we do at Advocate really advocates for motherhood and parenting because children are so valuable. And so in reflection of Mother's Day today, I just wanted to take a step and look at um, Mother's Day for different stages of parenting because it's not the same. Um, when you're a mother to a newborn, it's not the same as when you're a mother to an adult. So mothers who have children between the ages of one and seven... It's more of like the harder work Mother Day. You have to get up, you have to make them breakfast, you still have to get them dressed. You have to get yourself dressed, and you have to show up looking happy and joyful, like it was a peaceful morning. So it's, it's the more exhausting part of Mother's Day. I'm excited to tell everyone who's past that stage, or not past that stage, that by the time you get to about eight years old to 12 years old, that's like the hallmark of Mother's Day. You wake up in the morning, your children make you tea and coffee, you get the handmade gifts that they made, and the day sort of goes the way Mother's Day is supposed to go. Age 13 to 18, um, I haven't hit this yet, but this is what I'm seeing for my future. That's when you get to use Mother's Day. That's when you say to your 16-year-old, can you do the dishes? It's Mother's Day. Can you please go clean the kitchen? It's Mother's Day. And at the end of the day, you can look back and go, that was a good day. Now, ideally, for when you have adult children, and my mom's there, so this is sort of how I perceive Mother's Day for adult children, you've done the legwork. Like, you've put in the, the, the years and the work of training your children what Mother's Day should look like, so that by the time they're adults, you're reaping the benefits. They know your expectations should be, I want flowers, and I want time with you. And then at the end of the day, you can look back and go, this was what I worked for, to see my children loving each other, loving me, working as a family. So it's, it's not the same stage for everybody, but it is such a gift to be a mother. It's a, it's a privilege. And I think that most of us, regardless of the age of our children, actually spend Mother's Day reflecting on what it is to be a mom. We look at our kids and go, wow, this is so cool. Like, this is the little life that I've been given to raise and to teach. And um, that's really what we, what we work for at Advocate, is we want women to wear a badge, that it's a privilege to be a mother, and that it can be hard, but despite the difficulties that motherhood brings, it sort of is what makes it fulfilling, and it, it's what gives you satisfaction at the end of the day, where you go, oh, that was so hard, but I did it. Um, so the work that we do at Advocate um, is coming alongside of women who are facing unplanned pregnancies and motherhood. We know that they have a lot of challenges when it comes to, um, well, a lot of our clients come to us and they have uh, uh, difficult relationships and trauma in their past. A lot of them are very young. A lot of them have uh, very, very low incomes and they can't support a baby. They just can't see how they can get past that idea of, you know, I have a life but I can't support it. And so what we do at Advocate through a variety of different programs is we come alongside of these young women and older women too. We actually had a client who was 39, not expecting, but it ended up being a gift for her. Um, we, we let them know that as a community, we can actually overcome these challenges, that if they look past 
just the difficulties they're seeing at the moment, it, it can be a possibility. And so one of the first things that we do um, is we have options counseling. Advocate originally started as Abbotsford Right to Life Society, and um, our executive director about just over 10 years ago saw that there was more of a need of a holistic approach to dealing with unplanned pregnancies. So it wasn't just a need for a pregnancy test and counseling. They needed support after, before, and during their decision. And so um, when women come to us, the first thing we do is um, we offer them options counseling. So we tell them their, their options, which are uh, abortion, adoption, and pregnancy. And so if a woman comes to us and we, we discuss abortion with them, um, we actually don't give referrals for it, but what we do is we come alongside them afterwards. Um, we, we know through statistics that women who do choose abortion suffer from a post-traumatic stress disorder anywhere from weeks, months, or decades later. And so we actually have a program called Reclaimed, where they come work with us and our peer counselors for six-week sessions, and we can help them heal because these women who've had abortions carry that pain and that memory into other relationships, when it, whether or not it's parenting or whether or not it's um, their marriages. And so if, if they work with us through this time, we help them sort of identify the problems, work through it, and heal from it so that they can move forward. Um, we have uh, adoption as another option. Adoption is not common, it, but it does happen. We actually had a client who came to us within the last couple of months, and she was abortion-minded. And um, through her time with our peer counselor, she decided to take some time to think about it. And so she came in for her counseling session, and after she left, she actually had put two and two together that there was a family member of hers who was struggling with fertility issues. And she decided to keep her pregnancy and have her family member adopt the baby. So she got to choose life for her child. Even though she wasn't parenting because she didn't feel ready for that yet, she didn't have to make that really difficult decision, which we were excited to celebrate with her. Um, so we do work with local adoption agencies on that. Um, when a woman chooses parenting, we celebrate that. It's, it's such a cool moment. And I, I personally haven't been in the counseling room more than once to see this happen, but I do get to hear the stories from our site managers. And they put, our site managers put so much heart into their clients. Um, we had 31 women last year who chose life. They came to us, they wanted an abortion, and after working with us, they chose to, to give birth to their children. So if you think about that, like in, in the perspective of where we are today, that's 31 women who get to celebrate Mother's Day today. It's not 31 women who are going, wow, I can't believe I didn't get that opportunity. It's 31 women who are staring at the face of their children today, which is such an amazing impact when you think about, you know, the work that we do on a day-to-day -day basis. One child is amazing, but 31 children, that's, that's exactly what we want to wake up for in the morning. Um, so we, we work really carefully with the women, or closely with the women once they choose in parenting. We counsel them through their entire pregnancy. We, we understand that there are tangible needs that make a woman not want to keep her pregnant, so, so we help them overcome that hurdle. We give them diapers, formulas, baby clothes, maternity clothes. We have housing subsidy programs. Um, we have some churches who actually donate strollers and car seats throughout the year so that these women have everything that they could possibly need. So they're not going, oh, I can't keep this baby. I don't know how to take care of it. It's like, no, we will help you take care of this child. Um, we actually have a really cool program, too, at Hope for Women. It's our moms groups. A lot of the women who come to us um, don't have a community behind them. So um, whether or not it's they're being um, disowned by their families for keeping the child, 
they're coming into a stage in their life where they have no other friends who have children, they find a community at Hope for Women. So we have moms groups, and what we do is we teach them tangible, um, practical life lessons, whether or not it's cooking or taking care of their children, and then fun things like crafts, and it's just this really neat relationship where single moms, and, and not single moms, but ones who have overcome really difficult decisions can bond over the challenges that they've been through together. Um, so once our moms who've chosen parenting have given birth to their children and we celebrated at the centers, we have a program called Beyond the Bump. So we see, well, we know that there's, you know, nine, nine and a half months of pregnancy, but there's a really special time after a child is born. We like to call it the fourth trimester, where there's a bonding that's needed with the mom and the child, but it's so much work for a mom who doesn't know what they're doing. And so what we've done at Beyond the Bump is we actually pair our new moms with mentors that are very similar in personality, have similar interests, and it's actually, it's a, it's a, I think it's an art that our site managers have come up with. And um, what these mentors do is they actually go to the homes of the women after they've had their children, and they help clean, they hold the baby so the mom can go have a shower, they have conversations about, you know, how the baby can sleep better, and it's almost like just, it's just having someone beside them to say, you know what, we can do this together. Mom can get a bit of a break. We actually had um, one woman who was a mentor, and she's amazing. She's a good friend of mine. This is what her mentee said about her. I loved her. She was actually wanting to help more, but I've been keeping my place so clean, she just didn't know how to help. But she did my dishes a few times, and she was just amazing overall. She made me feel warm and heard, like a mother I've always wanted. She was so nice and loving. I felt like I could talk to her for hours. I could probably go on and on about her, so I will end with saying I couldn't have asked for a better match. And it's the neatest thing about this whole program is these are all volunteers. Our, our people who are working with women, don't, they don't get paid for it. This isn't their job. They just have a, a, a spot in their heart to know that motherhood is so important that we can work together to make it actually happen and successful for these children. Um, we actually take a really interesting integrated approach to um, parenting and um, unplanned pregnancy support. And one of the things that we offer that is sort of new is uh, it's called BRAVE. Um, when our clients come to us, some of them are in really difficult relationships. The father doesn't know how to be a partner, doesn't know how to be a parent, can't financially support their partner or their child. And so through BRAVE, we actually pair them up in a similar way that we pair up beyond the bump. So we take uh, men who are expecting children, and we pair them with men who've already done life. And through this sort of partnership, um, these young fathers can learn how to support their partners, how to, how to support and raise their children. And so it's, it's really nice to see one generation raising another. I think that's one of the things that we're really missing these days. So it's, it's a gap that we're trying to fill. Um, we actually have a really interesting program as well that's... Um, it's more, it's, I'd say preventative, but I don't like to say the word preventative, but it is. We want people that are younger to understand what healthy relationships look like so that they're not facing unplanned pregnancies in the future. So we have a program called SHIFT where we go into middle schools and high schools and we give them um, a sexual education program based on the perspective of abstinence. So we tell them what a healthy relationship would look like, how they're allowed to say no to decisions that they don't want to say yes to, that um, they are to respect their bodies and that their bodies are valuable and what they have to offer to a partner is, is important and special. And so um, through SHIFT, we've actually, I think last year we spoke to over 
at least over 3,000 students, if not more. Um, we've been invited into public school systems, and we have uh, really good presenters who just make a safe space for teenagers to ask questions that they might not actually feel comfortable asking their parents. Um, the biggest thing that we do for all of this, though, is we do it from a place of truth and love. We want the clients that come to us to know that we are going to be honest with them, that we are going to love them no matter what their decision is, but that the decisions that we want them to make are what's healthiest for them. And it's, it's really the decision that God wants for us. God wants us to um, have a healthy relationship in the context of marriage. God wants us to raise children as mothers and fathers and to raise up generations that are strong for the future. And so, you know, when you look back at the clients that we, that we work with and the difficult situations that they're in, you have to ask, well, how can I be Christ-like in this in this, in this area? What can I do to help or to facilitate healthy relationships and generations coming up? Um, to be able to assume how Jesus would act means that you have to understand his character. A lot of the stories that we face in the 21st century aren't necessarily in the Bible, but if you know who Jesus is, you can say, well, this is what he would do because this is who he is. So you don't have to say, well, you know, Abortion isn't in the Bible. Well, we know how Jesus would act because we know who he is. Um, so when I say in this area, for the context of what we're discussing, I'm talking about women who are facing unplanned pregnancies, single moms who've chosen to keep their babies, and also women who've had abortions. The first way that we can be Christ-like in this area is to have compassion. Um, what is compassion? If you think about it, you just know in your heart what compassion is, but if we have to put a definition to it, I like this one. It's a sympathetic consciousness of others' distress together with a desire to alleviate it. If, if there was a picture in the dictionary, I think this would be the picture of Jesus. He sees our suffering and he wants to take it. He doesn't want us to feel the pain that we feel here. He wants to hear us and love us, and alleviate it. And so, who in the Bible did Jesus show compassion to? He actually showed extraordinary compassion to women in the Bible. And I think that it's so important for our clients to know this, is that he specifically pointed out women that he loved because of the scenarios that they were in. He allowed an unclean woman to touch his cloak when she was shunned by her community. He allowed a prostitute to wash his feet with her hair, even though she had no value in her society. He even showed compassion to the woman we all know of who was brought by the Pharisees. He wouldn't condemn her, but he gave her a way of hope and forgiveness for the scenario that she was in. Women who've had an abortion or are considering it are in the name, need of the same sort of compassion. 65% of women suffer from post-traumatic stress disorder. 60% of women say a part of me died. And many women have testimonies like this one woman, Vanessa. She said, I felt very pressured to have an abortion by everyone around me. After the abortion, I felt no sense of relief. You can forgive yourself, but you can never forget. Dietrich Bonhoeffer was a Catholic priest who was in the internment camps in World War II. And um, he held his faith through all of that, which is just amazing. He said, we must learn to regard people less in light of what they do or omit to do and in more of light of what they suffer. And I can't think of a more um, poignant place to put this saying 
as to when we're talking about women who've had abortions. You know, they've, they've suffered, and it's not because of what they've done that we should be treating them a certain way, but because of what they've been through. It's not ever something that someone wants. It's a choice that they feel like they have to have. They wrestle with it. And, like, I've even... I've, personally had friends, and they said they felt like they had no choice. They, they said, if I kept this child, my parents would be so mad at me because of what I'd done. And so one of the first things that we do at Hope for Women, when we have a client who comes to us and says, you know, I'm pregnant, I don't want to be pregnant, what do I do? Our, our peer counselors, their first response is, is, I am so sorry. This must be really scary. Can we talk about how you're feeling? There is no judgment in that sentence. It is just welcoming someone to come to us to speak to them so that we can help alleviate the pain that they're in. The second way that we can be Christ-like in this area is to have grace. I mean, grace is one of those words when you're a Christian that it's just second nature. You don't even have to define it. You just feel it in your heart what it is. Um, But what I want you to do is I want you to picture the scene in Matthew chapter 9. If you just think about this in your head, it's the end of the day. Jesus and his disciples are sharing a dinner with a group of people. Not just the disciples, not just Jesus, but tax collectors, um, other people that Jesus shouldn't be associating with in the eyes of some. Um, They're talking about their day. They're sharing the lives they have. They're, They're talking through the things they struggle with. And they're having deep and insightful conversations. Then... It happened that as Jesus was reclining at the table in the household, behold, many tax collectors and sinners came and were dining with Jesus and his disciples. When the Pharisees saw this, they said to his disciples, Why is your teacher eating with the tax collectors and the sinners? But when Jesus said this, he said, It is not those who are healthy who need a physician, but those who are sick. Now, imagine that you take out the word tax collectors and sinners and you put your name in there. Because that's the picture that we're painting is that Jesus would sit with any of us despite the decisions that we made or the lifestyles that we have. It's not that we're without fault. We haven't earned that place at the table. But they don't just welcome you. They actually invite you to dinner. And they want to know about your flaws. They want to know about your mistakes. And they want to know about you because your shame doesn't stand between you and Jesus. And because in him there is an undeserved forgiveness. It's it's the definition of grace, an unmerited forgiveness of God. So we don't have to be afraid to come to him because we're welcome. That's how we need to be with women who've had abortions or who have gotten pregnant outside of marriage. This statistic is something that I think the church really needs to understand, is that only 7% of women and 5% of men discuss the decision with anyone from their church or Christian pregnancy organization before they make their decision. If you flip that around, that's 93% of people who make that decision don't discuss it with anyone from the church. 54% of the women who make this decision, though, 54% are from a denomination of the Christian faith. The sad thing is that they don't feel that they're welcome at our table to ask us questions and discuss the challenges that they're having. It's only that as the church we can change our Christian response so that we are a safe place for these women to come and talk to. Because if we don't make ourselves a safe place for women to come and talk about these decisions with, we can't speak into their lives and we can't help them make the decisions that we know God wants for them. Um, 
John Henry Howitt, Jowett, sorry, he's an influential, he's a British preacher from the early 1900s. He called God's grace, love's holy, move, holy love on the move. And because grace is action, we either open a door or we close it. So if that action that we're taking is opening the door to grace, then we're going to have women who come to us for help. And if that action is closing the door, then we're not going to be able to help them in the future. So one of the things, obviously, that Christ does is care for our spirit. We work through compassion. We work through grace. But God also cared for the basic needs of what we need in this earthly life. Um, It's one thing to advocate for the life of an unborn child, but it's another thing to advocate for the life of the mother and the child after it's been born because the two go hand in hand. It was actually a problem 2,000 years ago where people would feed into someone's spirit but not actually feed into their, person, their physical needs. James, the brother of Jesus, says, suppose a brother or a sister is without clothes or daily food. If one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and well-fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? When women are facing an unplanned pregnancy, their choices swayed heavily by their earthly needs. 25% say the timing is wrong, 23% of women say that they have an abor- need an abortion because they can't afford a baby. And 8% just don't want to be single moms. But what if we took the 56% who made the decisions based on their physical needs and their earthly needs in a way that Jesus spoke about caring for the needs of others? We'd take away their fears, we'd take away their needs if we spoke to them and said, I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. Because we'd care for the tangible needs of the women who walk through our doors at Hope for Women, um, we take care of their need to not be able to feed their children. We provide them with formula and homemade meals through Beyond the Bump, and we give them grocery subsidies when they're struggling. Um, we put them in touch with other community initiatives within, our, within you know, Abbotsford, Langley, and Prince George so that they can actually pair themselves with someone who can take care of them on a larger scale, like the food banks. Um, we know that it's scary that they can't... Um, put clothing on their children. So we actually, through donations of our supporters, we have a a baby boutique that they can literally come shopping in. And they can buy the clothes they need from their children from the time they're newborn babies until the time they're two years old. We actually have maternity clothes for moms because obviously their bodies are changing. And maternity clothes are expensive. So women will bring us their clothes when they're finished and we can give them to our clients. Women who um, are facing unplanned pregnancies sometimes have nowhere to live. They're, they're coming from a place of um, unhealthy relationships. Their parents aren't going to support them. And they, have, they, they literally go, I, I don't know where I'm going to live. And so we can offer them housing subsidies. Um, and we, we've done it with a couple of them. And it it's, gives them hope that they can actually raise their children somewhere safe. Um, the women who come to us, they say, I don't have friends. I don't have mom and dad who can help me. I have no, no people here to support me. So we offer them a community. Like A lot of the women who come to us actually become friends with their peer counselors. And the relationships that we see, it's, it's a mentor. It's like a, almost like a big sister because you know, we've seen things and we can relate to them. So it's, it's a community that these women can have if they make the decision to parent. So this is what we do at Advocate. We care for women through Hope for Women until they're two years old. With Beyond the Bump, we show them love and support. Um, and we have our moms groups so that they feel the relationships that they feel like they're going to be missing. Um, I actually have a testimonial from one of our clients. Her name is Kat. She came to us about two years ago. Uh, she was facing an unplanned pregnancy, and she came to Abbotsford and developed a really good relationship with our site manager, Marlo, and I'd like to show you her story. 
Congratulations! Congratulations. <laughs> when I first found out I was pregnant, I was scared. I was in addiction. I was in an abusive relationship. I had no idea how I could possibly have another child. I had two kids already and they lived with my parents. I didn't know what to do. When I walked through the doors of Hope for Women, I think I felt instant support. I felt loved on by the staff working. I felt hope, I guess, yeah. I think my first session I was already helped out with maternity clothes and prenatal vitamins. Yeah, I know that I I definitely had, I left the center with, with more hope than I came in with, like more, I felt more support. I think the one thing that's really been different for me this time in recovery is having God with me. I was always so close-minded to that and accepting Jesus into my heart and just really wanting to live my life as the person that he intended me to be. When I look at Cain and, and remember back to when I initially found out I was pregnant and I think about if, if I was to have made that choice of having an abortion or even adoption, I, I'm just so grateful I didn't. I couldn't imagine my life today without him. He's made, yeah, I'm really glad I didn't. <laughs> where my life was a year ago to where it is today is you know it's a complete 180. I've created very meaningful lifelong relationships through Hope for Women like with Marlo you know it's not just like we just talk when I come in from my appointment you know like we have a meaningful relationship outside of the center even you know we've met for walks and she loves on me. I would say to other women who are in a similar situation that there is help available and that reaching out and asking for help isn't, isn't a sign of weakness. In fact, I think it's the opposite. It's, it's, I think it takes courage and strength to ask for help instead of trying to do everything on your own. I would definitely recommend other women come to Hope for Women. Um, reaching one year sobriety is yeah, I'm, I'm just so grateful. I'm so proud of myself, but I know I have to keep doing what I've been doing. I know that that this is a lifelong journey and, and the people and, and places that have helped me along the way, I need, I need to stay connected to them. mentorship that she received through her peer counselors and it doesn't always go that way we are we're a place that welcomes anyone you know we're not gonna 
we're not going to judge someone based on what their faith is. Um, but Kat came to us, and she came to faith in Christ, and she was baptized shortly afterwards. And so it's, it, this is one of the stories that we celebrate, and it's, it's probably one of the coolest ones that I know of these days. Um, so um, if there's anything that I can speak to about how we can be Christ-like um, the, and in reflection of Mother's Day, it's that these areas that we are, are telling or you know, asking you to, to be like, when it comes to women who are facing unplanned pregnancies, there's, there's so many characteristics in that that are attributed to mothers. The compassion that we have, the grace that we have, the, the need to care and nurture for others that we have as mothers, I think really carries forward into what we do at, at Advocate um, for our clients. Um, so the re- one of the other reasons that I was actually brought in here specifically today is because Mother's Day is our kickoff for our baby bottle campaign. So churches across the Fraser Valley are going to be taking baby bottles home with them and filling them up with coins. And if you don't do coins anymore, because most of us don't, um, we also have, like, the, there's the QR code on the back where you can scan it, and it brings, brings you to our baby bottle donation page. But if you could grab a bottle at the after church today and sign it out with me and take it home with you, we will collect it um, in June on Father's Day. And um, I really hope that you can work with us on this one and help support Advocate. But if you guys have any questions, I'll be at the back. Thank you so much, Marie. Thanks, I think that's an amazing message, an amazing organization to hear from for Advocate. So I think that's worth celebrating this morning. Mm-hmm. Thank you. So just before we all go off, uh, the kids have been out in the back working on some really cool Mother's Day cards. So uh, take a look for those, and you know, I've asked them to make a few more as well. And uh, all the women here, too, before you go, there's going to be a little tree. We've got just a nice carnation flower uh, that we've got for everyone here. Uh, the kids will hopefully be running around with those, and we'll see if we can wrangle them all. They, they got a little energetic. They got some energy this morning, so I don't know. Was there a like, candy hunt? I don't know what was going on. They're having fun. Uh, we also have a photo booth. So you know what? Like, this is a great morning. Just get a great picture with uh, your family or your friends or even just yourself, right? Like, here's a chance to just get a good photo. Uh, you don't even have to be the one taking the picture. We've got a photographer here today, and we'll get those photos out to you. We just, yeah, enjoy it. There's some nice balloons, and uh, we can also make some prints for you as well. But uh, let's just end this service off with prayer this morning uh, before we go and uh, have a great rest of the day. Uh, Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this morning. God, again, just thank you for ministries like Advocate that just enter into the world, God, into uh, potential areas of brokenness, but just speak your gospel, your truth, God, your redemption, your grace. Like we heard from Marie this morning that uh, you model for us an amazing love that just needs to guide every single thing we do. And here we can specifically do that for mothers, God, and, and we can be a blessing for mothers. We can guide and support. And, we, and God, you give us so much. So I just pray that you also move in us where we can support, whether it's just financially, God, whether it's through stories, whether it's through sharing, uh, or just even presence and being a listening ear. But God, this morning as we go about with Mother's Day and we celebrate Mother's Day, however we do that, that we can also just think too of the bigger picture in our communities of motherhood and what that looks like and the implications that looks like in our families, in our communities, in our workplaces, in our friendships. So God, just uh, again, be a blessing this day to all of us. God, thank you for sharing with us and exemplifying motherhood in, in yourself, God, and through your son Jesus as well. We pray all these things in your name, amen. Have a great week, go in peace. And happy Mother's Day.